Okay, Ashley Brock, reading Diane Palmer's book, Connell, chapter 12, and it's my favorite chapter, because it's the cutesiest chapter, and it's the raciest chapter, so nobody under the age of 18. So here it is, Diane Palmer's book, Connell, chapter 12. It's barely 10 o'clock, but when Penelope got to the room where Connell had taken their suitcases, it was fine. It was to find him already in bed and apparently asleep. She hesitated. The lamp by the kingside bed was on, but the bare chest half covered by the plaid sheet was rising and falling regularly. Connell? She asked softly, but he didn't answer. With a long sigh, she got out of her gown and took it into the bathroom to put it out, put it on. There was not the night she envisioned, and her courage failed her when she walked back into the bedroom minutes later wearing a long green nylon gown. She slept slowly in the bed beside him, gave his dark hair and his hair-covered muscle chest a long look, and resonantly turned out the light. But she couldn't sleep. She tossed and turned, remembering so vividly the adore she shared with Cece only hours before. Her body had been arched so... Never ached so when she'd been unawakened. Now she knew what desire was, and she felt it so acutely that it was almost painful. Can't you sleep? Yes, it is. His voice deep and clear, not enough muffled with drowsiness. Not very well, she said. She lay on her side, looking toward the dark shape that was his head. Dim light from the safety lights by the barn shone in through the curtains. I guess it's because I'm not used to sleeping with anyone, she said. Neither am I just lately. He reached out and drew her slowly against him. Her hand came in contact with his bare hip, and she realized blatantly that he wasn't wearing pajamas. He felt her stepping out unexpectedly and chuckling on her knees a bit. He saw me new just this morning, he reminded her, and I saw you. I said, still such a shock, or is it just that I'm the wrong man? He added sarcastically, the wrong man? She goes, you've been hanging on Evan all day. He said his hand smoothed up her body, so I'm edging out to rub against her sense of new. Are you married, fellas? Uncomfortable all of a sudden. Cece, that's not true, she said quietly. I like Evan very much, but I haven't been hanging on him. Fingers bent to her eyes. I wouldn't really expect you to admit it. Maybe I can't even blame you one way or another. I got us into this mess. A mess? He was admitting that it was that, and his eyes were right from I thought you were making a phone call. I went looking for you, she said, making a clean breast of it. I made it up here, he said. I had to call Edie. Her heart stopped beating. She wanted him. She wanted to hit him. So heaven's warning had been right on the money. Had it. That woman wasn't going to give up. And Cece had no qualms about calling her from his family home. Then he must have misgivings about breaking off with her in the first place. Connell felt her go rigid and his heart jump. That was the first hopeful sign he never had. That she might care a little for him. God, if only it were true. Nothing to say, he chimed. She ground her teeth again. I think I can sleep now, said Thurlow. Can you? He moved the covers away. While she was dealing with that unexpected action, his lips came down squarely over her breast, taking the nipple and the fabric that covered it into the hot darkness of his open mouth. The cry that tore out of her throat was music to his ears. He shifted, and while his mouth made intimate love to hers, he stripped the gown down her trembling body, and his hands relearned its soft sweet contours with the lazy thought thoroughness that had her moaning in his arms can i have you without hurting you he whispered at her ear his breath as hot as the body threatening her yes he whimpered her nails bit into his shoulders tugging at them her legs already parting to admit him her body lifting to meet the fierce heating descent of his 
Connell, take me. He ground out against her mouth as his hips thrust down in one long, invasive moment. She whimpered under the sharp pleasure, clinging to him as his body enforced its possession with increasing energy. Don't stop, Connell, don't stop. His mouth bit her. You're noisy. He breathed. I like it. I like the way they feel, the way you taste. Tell me you want me. <laughs> I want you she could barely get the words out he was killing her the pleasure was too sweet to bear and she was gonna die of it she said so her voice breaking as he fulfilled her with savage urgency finding his own shuddering release seconds later she couldn't stop trembling she clung to his damp body frightened by the force of the satisfaction he'd given her he felt tears against the chest and lifted his head his heartbeat was still shaking him his arms trembling as they supported him Above her, he couldn't see her face, but he could feel the convulsion shudders of her body. Thought how disturbed she was from the grip of her hands. Don't be afraid, he whispered. We went very high this time. Give yourself time to come down again. It's all right. His fingers moved back her damp hair. He kissed her eyes closed, kissed her cheeks, her trembling mouth in a warm, soft silence that gradually took the fear away. He said, I was noisy, she whispered. Didn't I say that I like it? He murmured, he bit lower. He bit her lower lip. Touch me. He got her a hand to him. Smiled when she hesitantly hesitated. So we're married. He said he opened her fingers and spread them, pressing them slowly against her. It won't hurt me if that's what you're so tense. He whispered. Kissed her gently and between kisses he got in and coaxed soft whispers. <clears throat> Explained to her everything she needed to know about a man's body. The lesson was sweet and lazy and slow, and as her eyelids began to fall drowsily, he joined her body tenderly, intimately, to his, and pulled her over him to cradle her softness on his strength. Incredibly, she slept. They went home the next day. Connell was less rigid and seemed perfectly happy all the way back to the ranch, but he was preoccupied again by the end of the day, and he didn't mention... Sharing her bed that night, it became a routine for several days. He was friendly enough, even affectionate, but he didn't touch her or kiss her. He did watch her, with brooding, narrow eyes, as if he couldn't decide what to do. She still worried about the phone call he said he made to Edie, and if he desire, if his desire for her had worn, waned because of the other woman. What's going on between you and my new son-in-law? Ben Matthews finally demanded one morning in the kitchen after breakfast. What do you mean? She had she had her hair in a ponytail, and she was wearing a sweater and jeans and scuffs, less than elegant attire. Cece hadn't even come in for breakfast for the second time in as many days. I mean, you and Connor were married, but you don't act like him, he said bluntly. And ever since you came home from his family's ranch, you've both gone broody. Why? He called Edie, she said, well, I don't know if he's looking for a way out or trying to make me get a divorce. He hasn't said, but he's not happy. I know that. She glanced at him, hoping to forestall any more personal questions. Don't you have to be in El Paso at 11 for a meeting, Jess? Yes, I do, and I'm going any minute. Why not an moment? She blushed and put her hands back in the warm soapy wash. For the obvious reason, she said demurely. And if that's the case, why aren't you living together? There's a furnished house going spare, if that's the problem. She felt tasting in her eyes. It's more than that. What? She dropped the pan in the ensuing noise. Nobody heard Cece come in the front door and down the hall. He was standing right outside the door, about to make his presence known when he heard his heard Peppy's choked voice. I'll tell you what, she whooped. He doesn't love me. He never did, and I don't expect it, you know, but I had hoped. Ben pulled her gently into his arms and held her waist. You poor kid. He's side patting her back comfortably. I don't guess you ever told him you were dying for love for him. Connell felt his body go rigid with a shock. He couldn't have moved it if his life depended on it. No, I never told him, Peppy Songbird. Three years, three long, awful years, and we got married by accident. And I knew he wouldn't want somebody playing a tomboyish like me, but oh God, Papa, I love him so much. What am I going to do?
Connell moved into the room, white face, his dark eyes blazing. You might try telling him, he said harshly. Ben let her go and moved away, a smug grin on his face. He said he quickly hid from them. I'm late. Better be off. See you kids after lunch. They didn't even hear him leave. Connell was still staring at her with a pressure she could barely see through her tears. Oh, mother, she went, why did you have to stand out there and listen? Why not? He moved closer, catching her arms and jerking her clothes. His bat wing chaps hard and cold even through her jeans. Like the tan checkered western shirt, her hands rested against so it's in my face. Tell me you love me. He dared his taunt expression and a challenge itself, giving nothing away of his own feelings. All right, I love you. She burst out there. Are you satisfied? She raised her red face. Not yet, he murmured in a low, sexy tone. But I think I can take care of that little problem right here. His mouth settled on hers in slow, arousing movements. It had been so long. Days of polite conversation. Tormented lonely nights, aching for what had been. She went wild in his arms, pressing close against him, welcoming the intimate touch of his hands on her breasts, the pressure at her eyes, at her thighs, as he moved her urgently against his lips. Just a minute, he whispered gruffly as he locked the door. His hand then went to the chaps. He stripped them off and threw them on the floor, his hands going to her blouse and then her jeans. Somehow, he managed to get them off along with the scuffs she'd been wearing inside. Instead of boots, he sat down on the chair at the kitchen table and pulled her over him. There was a metallic sound as his belt hit the floor and a rasp of a zipper. He pulled her down on him, watching her eyes as she absorbed him easily quickly. Forgive me, he whispered. I can't wait. Neither can I, she whispered back, meeting his lips half. I love you, Connell, she whispered as he moved on. I love you, he said. Oh, God, I love you more than my own life. He heard her shock gasp and said it again and again, his hands insistent, demanding as he rocked her. Lifted, pushed her in a rhythm that eventually shook the floor in the heavens. She trembled uncontrollably. So did he. The explosion they kindled had all but landed them on the floor. He laughed huskily, lifting his head to meet her wicked, amused eyes. So much for new techniques born of desperation, he murmured. Now let's go upstairs and do it properly. Hours later, she nestled her cheeks against his damp chest and open eyes. We really ought to get dressed. Dad will be home eventually. He kissed her forehead lazily. I locked the door, remember? So you did, she said, loving the new clothes of his neighbor's room. Harding said you were jealous of heaven. I was blind jealous of him, of how, of any man who came near you all those years together, and I didn't know that I loved you. Even knew... Evan knew it instantly, and when I realized that it was almost too late to stop you from getting an annulment, he shook her gently. God, you led me a merry chase. Even our first time, I was convinced that you were just curious about sex. I didn't think you'd give a damn about me, except physically. I've loved you since the first time I saw you. She was, it became my world. <laughs> His arms tightened around her. You were mine, too. It just took a while for me to realize it. Until that happened, I said some pretty harsh things to you. Open time you'll be able to forget them. I was running as fast as I could. Taking me a long time to get over, Marshall, but I think I have. <laughs> had to be a hole again before I had anything to offer you. I had to stop being afraid of commitment, and it wasn't easy. Dad said that. I wasn't so optimistic. I thought you hated me. Wanted you, not hated you. And Restain resented it like hell. <laughs> Eventually, you stayed on my mind so much that I burned from morning till night wanting you. It's becoming an obsession. <laughs> what isn't loving you? I know that, too. But you have to admit, it's a big part of it. He kissed her eyes closed. I'd die for you, Fenelope. He whispered. Will that do? 
Oh, yes, he knows where to get it. Why did you call Edie? I thought we'd come to that, he said he grinned. Evan told me what she was up to, so I phoned her and told her that my marriage was perfectly illegitimate. And furthermore, I was deeply in love with my wife. I don't think we'll hear any more from her. She lifted up, searching his face while he made a meal of her breast with his eyes. That's why Evan took me riding to warn me that she called looking for you well i'll be he burst out the bird and he never said a word harding said you were jealous remember dryly that gave me the first hope i'd had how do you think i felt the night we spent together when you grumbled about edie he laughed all god i'll never forget the way we made love then he whispered out her temper neither will i she looked down into his eyes her own fever kindling as she stared at him body taunting visually connell she whispered her voice shaking. His jaw taunted. He caught her waist, lifted her over, and pulled her down on his Yes, he whispered, I need you to again, little one. I don't think I can, this place yes. yes, you can, he said. I'll teach you. Like this, Peppy. She was shocked to discover that she could indeed, and it was a long time before she was able to get up and just afterward. Shy little country girl. <laughs> he mused as they sat at the dining room, sipping coffee and eating apple pie. What on about face? It's the company I'm keeping, she murmured, and we have a problem. You're pregnant, he asked hopefully. That isn't a problem, and I may be, but I don't know yet, she said. I mean, we're married, but I don't have a wedding ring. He grinned and pulled a box out of his jeans pocket. Don't you? He held it out, and she opened it, producing a beautiful set of rings, one with a big diamond, the other a gold band with inlaid diamonds that matched it. It's lovely, she said honestly, but where's yours? She let him. You're wearing a ring, Colonel Cat for me. I won't have every lonely spinster in South Texas trying to trespass on my preservatives. Well, well, we remember that. Okay, we'll go into town and buy me one. <laughs> the first door slammed. The front door slammed, and her father came walking into the dining room. Stop! Suddenly, my God, he will. You noticed my rings, did you, Peppy Grin? Tell him that we're moving into the vacant house this afternoon. That'll unfreeze him, Colonel dear. We are, she told her she found. What's the matter with you? Aren't you happy that our marriage is going to work out and Connell and I are going to live together? And you're going to have grandchildren at last? Aren't you happy about all that? Of course I am, Peppy. It's just... Just, Connell prompt. Just, Peppy, she just seconded. Damn it, he raised leaving his head down. You're eating my apple pie. Several weeks later, Peppy made him a present of three freshly baked pies and the news that he was going to be a grandfather. She told Colonel afterward that she wasn't sure which of her presents made him smile the whitest. The end. Hope you enjoyed.